Yeah, kick one back, Matt. Wait, I was going to as well. There it is. Yeah, a little bit of cherry coke. Ooh, cherry coke. I have a kombucha. Kombucha? What the hell is that? You don't know what kombucha is? No. What is kombucha, Matt? (laughs) God. Uh, It's uh, some uh, kombucha cultures with sparkling water and fruit. You're off to a good start. You're like, I know exactly what it is. It is kombucha cultures, bubble water. No, Matt. Go ahead, ask me what's in Cherry Coke. What's in Cherry Coke? Cherry and Coke! Hi, everybody, and welcome to a promo parlay. Yes, I did have the wrong tab open. QAnon unmasking. Man, this is going to be a Kenny Omega conquering episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're going to talk AEW getting us primed for next week's Blood and Guts. Yeah, it's going to be... Viscera just strewn about. Matt, we're going to talk again. It's the second time we've mentioned him in one start. Kenny Omega dominating the wrestling landscape, much to Don Callis' um, in, in, you know, enjoyment, I'm sure. Matt, we're going to talk some weird shenanigans involving what was a top NXT official, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, pretty nauseating. We're going to talk the idea. We're going to bring it back down to something exciting, something we'd be happy about. At all women's division. Woo! And then... Thank God we're going to make time for the return of Alistair Black. He didn't even change his name or anything. They just gave him some glasses. Man, maybe we'll have time for more, time permitting. How the heck are you? It's another week. It's been spicy. It's been hot. It's cold again. It was sunny. Now it's gray. Matt, your thoughts on the week? Uh, It was, uh, I, I, I like how you always put it, another tasty week. Um, I'm still struggling with uh, the, the water damage in the house. I can't believe I'm negotiating now with our uh, insurance adjuster with um, what they'll allow us to do with our house that's destroyed. It's insane. Um, but everybody, head on over to uh, bodpodcast.com, brothersdiscussion.com. Uh, we have our brand new t-shirt series, and uh, Mr. Warren Hayes is here. He wants us to uh, speak about uh, our, our good buddy, Wirtz. Um, and all the shenanigans, <laughs> we'll start with shenanigans. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get to that in just a sec. I promise. Uh, <laughs> over to our shop page. We have a brand new series of t-shirts. Uh, I hope it, I'm hoping you're all going to check out. It's, uh, our hot tag series. So it says, uh, Ooh. we have, we have less BS, more hot tags. We have less talking. More hot tags, less one-on-one, more hot tags. Of course, in reference to our favorite segment, Mike, that, that you still do. I, I don't do enough of them, but our hot, ta- our ha- hot tag segments. Uh, so we yeah, less, hot tag wrestling. Less Drake words, more hot tags. That'll be our next shirt. Very excited for that. So, uh, Mike, since uh, we, have, we have the the people clamoring, I think we have a good uh, first topic to jump into. Um, I wanted Most to do black and glasses. Fun. Oh, I wanted okay, to do something yeah. fun and talk about yeah. Kenny Omega and the world of pro wrestling changing, but uh, no, no. let's uh, back up. Let's do Why, it, man. Did you get a chance to watch the video of Drake Wirtz going on a QAnon-fueled rant? Luckily, I only read the transcript. I didn't have to hear this uh, word vomit out loud. So, man, can, I, can you fill the people in? What, uh, what happened? The... Just, all right, so everybody's caught up. Um, there's mask mandates across the planet, right? Right. And of course, there's one state in the United, <laughs> these United States, that seems to be a problem all the time. And of course, it's Florida. Uh, Mike Drinkworth used yeah. to be the head official uh, with NXT. Since then, it's been reported by um, uh, what's his name, Sean Ross, Seth. Yep. Right? I get that right. Uh, that he he was demoted. Uh, but the, the reason being, and uh, as uh, this news has been spreading, uh, of course, his opinions on things that are being brought up by QAnon, uh, we have former NXT wrestlers that have, uh, like Take, who's gone on to Twitter to discuss the fact that uh, he's not surprised by uh, the video that came out. So it's just, it's I bring that up to say, this is something that all the performers are aware of, that this guy's a psycho uh, moron. Let's say moron. Uh, I mean, the the fact that he was demoted means that the WWE is fully aware 
that this guy could be trouble. But what he did and what came out this week was, uh, now I'm not a thousand percent sure if this actually happened during a, a wrestling uh, taped program, uh, but Wirtz went to a, uh, a Seminole County Board of County Commissioners uh, Zoom call and uh, asked for mas the mask mandate to be stopped and asked for a city official to be taken out of his position. Doing this while, like, in tears, um, sobbing uh, and saying, uh, this mask mandate puts vulnerable children at risk for being preyed upon by traffickers uh, because nonverbal cues are often a first sign for distress. He argued that masks cover those signs of distress and child traffickers love masks. Um, <laughs> look, this is something that is confirmed to have come from QAnon. This is something that's being made up because they want the mask the mask mandates to stop. It has there there is no truth to any of this. There's no evidence to any of this. And Mike, this is this is a guy who was in a pretty prominent position on NXT and thankfully he's been removed. Now, there's another little wrinkle to this that some of the former NXT um Performers, uh, again, I, I, I don't think Tucky was one of them that said this, but um, the other idea that's floating around is because these QAnon <laughs> views are connected to conservative beliefs, and we know how the WWE, at its core, is conservative. Yeah. That's why he's yet to be removed from the company completely. Uh, but now that this video came out, hopefully, so we'll just wait for that to happen. But here's the thing. Now we have evidence. This video is horrifying. Also horrifying because there's people that are applauding at the end of his rant, and it's disgusting. Like, there's people that showed up to the Zoom call to make sure that he knew that, you know, man, there's there's good people behind you. No. Uh, Mike, I, like, there's so many different ways to pick this apart, but from a pro wrestling perspective, <clears throat> there's wrestlers that are saying they knew that this was true. Um, why in God's name is this moron allowed to, to like enter the performance center and, and hold on to a job? So I, I am actually going to take the other side. Um, I'm shocked that WWE has done anything, uh, to this guy <laughs> involving any kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, lessons being taught here where we're, we're quieting him, we're, uh, reducing his role. Um, man, this is a company that, uh, just this past Monday Night Raw, you can watch, uh, you know, Jackson Riker, uh, surviving the healthy list of WWE cuts. Uh, we saw Lars Sullivan get multiple chances, um, after the, uh, hate-filled, you know, reddity posts, uh, that existed out there. Uh, this is a company that allowed Hulk Hogan, uh, to host WrestleMania. This year, uh, there's so many other legends we could have given that spot to, uh, but for whatever reason, they keep trotting Hogan out there. He's he's getting booed. The first live crowd in uh, over a year, uh, a year, uh, what did they say, a year, a week, and a day? Yeah. And uh, they booed Hulk Hogan. They booed the start of WrestleMania because he was there. Um, they created Retribution, which, uh, as much as we love the guys, you know, and they were part of it, and now that they're unmasked and almost free, we're, we're very happy uh, uh, for all the members. But when they were created, it was a weird reaction uh, to, you know, violent, they're not protest groups. They were, like, just people taking advantage of peaceful protests and destroying, you know, neighborhoods. Uh, you know, I have a friend in Seattle, who Seattle, Washington, who was, you know, she can barely leave her house, and it's it's still like that today. Uh, you know, like ten months after you know what happened, and retribution was created as a as a heel gimmick as a reaction to that. So I guess I'm stunned to hear that quietly WWE has been disciplining a guy for kind of supporting QAnon. Um, I I don't I'm shocked that this is where they draw the line. Uh, it's. It is pretty ridiculous if you have the time and my God, we all have like eight, nine streaming networks. And if HBO is not one of those eight or nine, you should put it on the list. Um, they have some pretty interesting documentaries on QAnon and, you know, all the 
world leaders drinking baby blood and you know all the weird you know tom hanks is a pedophile all that nonsense um hopefully that you know that's not edited out of context uh because we do not believe that at all um you yeah know, you gotta be careful with that stuff they'll they'll find it clip it and say hey the brothers of discussion are, are on our side um hey you gotta gotta add to that uh, subscription list you know what i mean all right uh no we're Wherever not gonna we stoop. can get it we're not gonna <laughs> stoop we're not gonna stoop um but yeah I, man i'm honestly stunned uh, because he was disciplined before this story broke. Um, I, I literally had a loss for words. I did not think that WWE would be progressive about something, let alone this. It feels like something they would almost, um, you know, give credence to. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to say that, um, like a conspiracy theory character, like Sami Zayn, if they're trying to say that he's, you know, kind of inspired by, you know, some of these things floating around, but he's such a responsible storyteller. He has never, ever made me feel like he's trying to do a QAnon character. He's just been his own, you know, version of a conspiracy theorist. Um, so I, I, man, that's, that's my bottom line. I'm just stunned that WWE did that. Yeah. I, I guess from my point of view and from some of the NXT wrestlers that have said, I can't believe he still has a job. It just kind of looks like to me, like they did something um, to like, all right, we've got to do something here, but we're, we're not going to get rid of you. You, you, you can't, we can't just put you on the street for being a QAnon follower like that. That's where it still bugs me. And honestly, I, I, and <clears throat> I'm not a fan. I, I, I'd like to see him just gone. And I think, um, you know, uh, it's it's David uh, Bixenspan, uh, Danhausen, who uh, who put out that video, so I saw it, and uh, he is a fantastic follow. He's a good guy. He's from Detroit, a uh, little, little pro wrestler who's featured on Conan O'Brien recently. Um, that gets shared. He's got forty five thousand followers. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that like this is the kind of thing that needed to happen. Like this certainly would be. I, th I mean, I'm not running a company. <clears throat> uh, I mean, besides the brothers of discussion, but I'm not running a company the size of the WWE. But I mean, if I, I see the issues with QAnon, I see that there, I, I heard Mike in that video, there were a ton of people that were applauding and cheering for Drake courts. I, that terrifies the, the bejesus out of me. I, I talked about it with my wife and I, I said, um, can you imagine if if one of these psychopaths sneaks into office somewhere and and I say that and I immediately, you know, then you take it back and you go, oh, wait, there probably are these effing morons everywhere. Um, and that's that's horrifying. So what I would do is make it like I, I would make a show of it. I would say this guy's getting released and it's because he follows this horrible terrible thing called QAnon that just spreads all of this bullshit. Yeah, and it, I, Mike, I mean, one of our biggest nights in, in Twitter history was when I tweeted out how, you know, uh, the Tom Hanks thing. And then the next morning we had like a thousand retweets um, <clears throat> because QAnon people got a hold of our, our Twitter account. And they didn't like that. We liked Tom Hanks. It's like, how are there thousands of people that are just constantly searching for the likes of Tom Hanks to make sure that people are aware of their dumb, you know, celebrities eat babies to, you know, find as much as, like as much as we <laughs> joked about, uh, you know, any, anything for the subscriptions, you know, we're not going to stoop to that. It almost feels like WWE has kind of quietly, <laughs> disciplined him but not outright released him so that he can't you know gather the QAnon masses um against wwe um and i, I just i'm i'm just i'm excited for more news to come out i guess because could it actually be that they took a responsible stance on this and if they made it a huge issue it would be like bringing to light this this mad conspiracy that as you heard from the applause is is not as uh um, you know, few and far between in believers as you would hope. I, no, because I, I think it's something that when we keep say we keep pushing it under the rug, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And we need to say these companies need to say enough is enough. 
This isn't real. There's no evidence with anything that QAnon has ever said. It's all just fear-based to scare people into believing in things that are only going to hurt more people. I, I think it needs to it needs to be said. It need like people need to be punished for following this. I think it's that bad. I think it breeds so much. I mean, I guess I'm fearful of it, but I'm fearful of what you know the big thing that it's going to be like. Like, this is the same kind of thing with, like, anti-vaxxers. Like, that could be extremely harmful to the population of Earth. That idea. This isn't something that's silly, like flat earthers. Like, this kind of thing needs to be brought to light. People are still not aware of how terrible QAnon is. And they need to see the types of things that they're doing and saying and the people that it affects and turn it around on them. Make this a punishable offense. Because it's, tough. it's yeah, it's I, I get where you're coming from. I I almost feel like we get so much like media and content, you know, it, it, it feels like it would just kind of get swept over um, and bringing it up would almost be like, don't think about pink elephant. You know, and now that you well, what is QAnon? And then you kind of look it up and, you know, kind of give it the time of day and gets likes on YouTube or views. And then suddenly it's part of your ads and suddenly it's, you know, all over your you know, social media accounts. And I, I don't know. I even feel guilty talking about it now. Um, it is ridiculous. I, <laughs> it, 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 please snuff this out. Just, I hope that culturally we can snuff this out. Um, Matt, is that the final point on this one? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, that, that's really my big thing is I, I thought, I think the opposite. I always feel like you bring attention to this stuff and say how dumb it is. You you're supposed to like th- keep saying how there's no evidence to this. So I, would you, we've I, had, would, I've had I, conversations with loved ones recently where I've brought up things that came up from them that they didn't realize. And I did a quick Google search and said, well, here's the truth to that. And that person stopped and changed their mind. And they went, Oh, I, okay. No, you're right. I didn't know that. Um, and that's how I'm just trying to keep who I'm talking about safe, but that was true. It just happened this past week. And I, it's just one of those things where if we could keep talking about it, then the truth can come out. And I think there's too much like, there's too, there's too many people sitting at home just reading Reddit and they're not going out and speaking face to face with another human being. And are we face to face? Well, right now we're as close as you can get. So I, I, again, I, Pleading uh, with the people, if, if anybody... Man, there'd be more face-to-face if QAnon won. No more masks. Now um. that, I'm going to clip out, and I'm going to... That's our ad for tomorrow. That's... <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make that the ad. I'm going to be too famous on the QAnon uh, Reddit posts. Uh, can we talk a little wrestling? This is this is really bumming me out, all this QAnon stuff. Yeah, I, yeah let's let's go for it. All right, before we get into Kenny Omega, I just love that Aleister Black is back on our TVs. Uh, I liked your analogy. I, I thought he was going for like kind of more of a, like a, like a, I don't know, like a Jeffrey Dahmer look uh, with kind of the thin wire glasses. Um, yeah. And again, kind of leaning on those monologues. It's insane how much WWE is like, we want guys to go for brass rings. We want guys, you know, who are storytellers and, you know, they try and make a poor, you know, Cesaro do a three-act play, and now they've had it, you know, deferred to uh, Daniel Bryan to help tell the story. And Aleister Black is a fantastic storyteller, and he, you know, just keeps disappearing. At least I, uh, what's multiple of hiatus? Hiatuses. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad he's back. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on uh, the return of Mr. Black? All right, so my big thing with this is that they took the time to put an animated an, an animated video together to help tell his story. And this goes back to how excited we were about The Fiend, and we sh- we weren't sure what it was going to turn into. I still say it was a success, even though a lot of people have pulled back. Um, but it, it's something where they're putting time and effort into a pro wrestler that we respect a ton and we think has all the talent in the world. So a lot of time and effort went into that. And that's, that's incredible to see. It's not just something where they did an off-the-cuff, you know, in-the-back vignette 
and he's got, you know, he's got an open door or a closed door or whatever. I can't even remember what that was at this point. It was so bad. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what's funny? I always thought that was his thing. I thought they were saying that his little thing was standing up. I didn't think that, I didn't even think that that was the door. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a, like a creaky mechanism also. Like, yeah. Was like that the aged... door the whole time that he was referring to? Okay. Anyway, yeah, like he needed getting... some, uh, he needed some Tin Man oil can. Like, I thought that's what was going on. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, that that's the best point to take from this is that they see Alistair Black has, you know, I, I don't want to say potential because that he's, he's, we not know... a, he's not a lackey or a sidekick. Right. He's right. not yeah. he's got he's not going out Jackson Riker style. He's not uh, you know, backing up Bad Bunny. He's his own man. And he gets his own, you know, little gimmick there at the animated uh production. So something there's hope. Be, yeah, something to be very excited about if you're an Elster Black fan. Um and as we see more, I I hope that they double down on on the little animation and um yeah, like like I said, uh my my view of what was going on, I I I saw Matt, somebody else post this, but he looked like the bad guy from Far Cry. Matt, hot tag. Oh, maybe I should do it now again since uh, we have T-shirts. Hot so um, I feel like Alistair Black didn't uh, quite get as popular as he could have because his T-shirts suck. And it would just say, like, fade to black. Matt, hot tag. You, off the cuff, come up with an Alistair Black T-shirt. Go. Um... I pictured, I don't know. I pictured like a metal album where it looks like you broke up a leather couch and it's got all those scraggly lines and then in the middle it says Alistair Black. I, um, I don't know. That, all right. Matt, I'm going to do another pun with his name. Instead of uh, Fade to Black, we're going to do Alistair the Pot. And we're going to have a big pot of evil tentacles and black soup. And then he's going to come out and pour it on somebody and boil their heads. That's on a t-shirt? It's a like a, one of those 3D graphic t-shirts. When you move it, you can see the, like, the squid reach out and like you know pour the hot oil. Okay. It's a complicated shirt. But the Alice stir, you know, we're, we're leaning on the stir. So... Well, this is why he won't get over it, because his name is not good for T-shirts, okay? <laughs> um, Matt, uh, you you put in the notes here in our wrestling nuggies, um, Charlotte is back. Yeah. Now, did you mean, like, goddess Charlotte? I think that's what you're alluding to. Am I wrong? Well, they talked way? about her being suspended, and... Um... They well, that lasted six days, right? So she gave she gave Dave Meltzer quite a hard time for him suggesting that she was getting a complete makeover uh, and was inferring that there were going to be um, there there was going to be a uh, that, oh my god a surgery. Um, I can't think uh, I can't think of the word. It's not a surgery. It's uh, anyway procedure a procedure yeah, procedure. Thank you. Uh, anyways, yeah. Dave Meltzer was an idiot, and I, I just thought that this was fun, that this just proves what a moron he, he really is, and how baseless all of his bullshit is. But, um, yeah, I, 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 thought this was, I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, I like her new look a lot. Um, I love her, her heel character. Um, when she had the uh, referee, you know, apologize to her, that was great. Um, but as far as if that suspension, I don't know if they kind of pivoted. Uh, you know, when the Meltzer hit the fan, if you will, and they were basically like, okay, we don't want to give any credence to this moron. Let's just get her back on TV and we'll just nix the whole suspension idea. If yeah. that's what they were doing, that's a fantastic reaction. And bravo to those writers for not, you know, even a, giving a hint of, you know, oh, he was right. We got to write her off for a little while. So <laughs> love, and, uh, love that she came right back. And, and Daddy DeVille's mixed in there too. Like, yeah. I haven't realized, you know, since Charlotte made the point, how, you know, I don't think she's the Ric Flair of the division. She definitely feels more like the Triple H, where it just feels like whenever she's there, she's part of the main event scene, and it doesn't feel wrong. It feels like she is, you know, the female game, and she should be towards the top of the card, uh, be involved in all the main feuds. So, yeah, she should be fighting Asuka. She should be fighting Rhea Ripley. I'm not upset about that at all. I'm digging the part, by the way, on the side. Big fan of that. Looks good. 
Mike. Uh, Hit me. Kyle Pitts is off is off the board. Atlanta took him. I was kind of hoping. Lions oh, what a relief! Up. All right, we almost got <laughs> another top ten tight end. <laughs> I would have been happy with that. Yeah, All right. Uh, what else do we have here, Mike? Uh, do you want to talk about Kenny Omega now, or do you want to talk about? Uh, do you have Do you have any problems with how they're telling the Cesaro story? Because I saw this popping up on Twitter that. Uh, we do have some folks that are that are not happy that Cesaro is not just able to tell his own his own story, and um, I I think right now what they're building is something where Cesaro is going to be at some point able to break free of that, like really maybe even take out Daniel Bryan, who's been his tag team partner. Which yeah, maybe that doesn't make a ton of sense, but I they they I have to sell that frustration starting to build. And all these opportunities that Cesaro has to talk, that he gets a chance to tell his own story. How 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 do you feel? Because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with um, it. Yeah, I, you know, I I've been uh, rewatching Tarantino movies, and um, um, there was in Pulp Fiction. Remember, there's that um, that whole um, sidetrack about the um, the pilot with the the. God, what were they like? The Fast Five. There's the the five female fighters, and they all had a special skill. You know, one was really good with knives, and one was really good at disguises. And Uma Thurman could, you know, she's the funny one. She could do the joke. Um, Cesaro is not the joke guy. He's not great with disguises. But if you need a submission to feel like you're getting stabbed with knives, he's your man. So I, I mean, we've we've created. The Hurt Business for Bobby Lashley because his promos are still... He doesn't have the most, you know, terrifying voice. MVP is very intimidating. Great, great move. So I... I Just let Cesaro be pound for pound the strongest guy in the roster. Uh, do the, the UFO and just give him a mouthpiece. Let somebody else help tell that story because it's okay. It's not his, you know, best, best attribute. You know, cutting the promos. But my God... Does he do some incredibly, uh, you know, unique, one-of-a-kind offensive maneuvers? Um, so he should be wrestling, but I think he just needs a little help with the storytelling. And I, I don't think he should be ashamed to admit that. It's not the only WWE, you know, talent who might be deficient in that one particular area. So you lean on somebody who can. I, yeah, I don't have a beef with it. I just, I just, whatever WWE kind of picks and chooses, you know, who they're going to give a mouthpiece to. At some point, can we give Cesaro one of those mouthpieces just once? And that's funny, too, because uh, people were sharing this past week, um, you know, who's better, the Triple H guys or Paul Heyman guys? And then I forgot that they tried Paul Heyman and Cesaro, and I was just like, man, they actually did give this guy, like, they did attempt that hard main event push, and it, it didn't they, for whatever reason, still didn't let it catch. And I, part of it, I think, was at the time he was still doing, um, was he still doing the James Bond entrance? Or was that the first time we saw, or no, that was the siren, right? That's when he came out to that siren. Oh, uh, that was annoying. That was a horrible uh, theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, I, I I think it's just something we love Cesaro. Um, I don't I don't think like we've talked before about, or at least I've talked before. I won't put your name on this about guys like Chad Gable, and they're still mentioned. On, I just saw this past week. Um, pretty prominent source uh, in in wrestling journalism, at least from a Twitter perspective, uh, yeah. said, "Oh my God, Chad Gable, please give him a main event push." To me, the I just don't see it. I, I don't I I don't see the promo work. I don't see the I don't know the same kind of passion that uh I, I'd like to see him give off. I think he has passion, but when he does promos, I don't feel it. And I at least want to feel it in the promos if I'm gonna believe a main event push. We've seen it with Cesaro. So I don't I like I guess I'm just calling out my own uh retread of, of the same, you know, casting is key with all this stuff. And, and we have seen Cesaro do some pretty good segments. And right now they have that ability with the Thunderdome to just turn that fake crowd noise down and just let Cesaro talk. And uh, I, I think he'd be all better for it. I think that's that's an experiment they should give a shot to. 
Um, but until they do that and they just trust him, um, you know, he he's still going to be like arm's length away from the main event. And uh, I, I still, I still like, or I don't mind it starting out like this, but I still come back to this idea that they need to sell like frustrations building and they're, they're like maybe touching on real life where they've been pulling, pushing him away from the main event uh, through different creative storytelling. And eventually Cesaro's just got to uppercut his way into it himself. Yeah. And uh, my God, can we get a real band to do his entrance theme? It's <laughs> come on. It's been what a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, actually another big story this week was Jim Johnston was saying, um, that all the new WWE themes are terrible. He thinks they're all just generic, like repeats of the same sounds. Um, I I can't tell you the last one. So I, I loved AJ's, I loved Nakamura's, but we know that wasn't I mean, necessarily straight Rhea, up. Rhea Ripley's so, slaps. The Brutality song? That's yeah, that one's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's when they great. rebooted Naomi, man, that song slaps. I love that song. Yeah, it's I fucking rules. That, that's true. I do like that one. We got to decide what kind of Jim Johnson, what, what kind of time gap are we talking? Because it's, you know, this year you would have to also just pick like, you know, a, a wrestler. And I, I don't know about the debuts, uh, you know, be like Damian Priest. And his is just kind of. I think um, I think you could say that Rhea Ripley's probably stands out because there are so many boring ones i i can't do i can't remember actually all of them like i could when we were kids and we would just sit there play with the action figures and and do the whole theme just i you know, see i kind of disagree with you because i i thought um who's your boy with the mustache on nxt um dexter loomis i think yeah. that's when they kind of busted out that um it was like a tweak of the stranger things theme i thought that was kind of cool yeah that's fantastic actually it's great for his character too but I do like there. I think maybe if he pulled back and said it wasn't like the worst era in wrestling music, and instead said these particular wrestlers need a better song, like Kyle O'Reilly. Holy crap, that's boring as like that. That's something that I have no attachment to Kyle O'Reilly at all right now. It's just you know some some guy strumming on an electric guitar, and it's like okay, I guess he's tough and cool. That's what we're doing. <laughs> like, like that yeah. one's yeah, that one's not fun. Um, so yeah, Jim, just, you know, pull back, uh, step away from everything's black and white, throw some gray in there. Just let us know who you want fix next time. Like Kyle. All right. Are we calling him, uh, are we still Kyle, calling him Kyle O'Reilly or Kyle Orange Cassidy since he's stealing his whole look? So Mike, I don't know if you know this, but every Canadian wears a denim, uh, tuxedo. So I, I feel like. Orange Cassidy stole it from Canada first. It's just kind of like where do you is want to Is there a lot of hand wringing in Canada? <laughs> oh, is that, that where Warren Cassidy? can come in? Where's our man on the street? That's uh, remember the old Seinfeld episode? That was uh, the um, oh my gosh, what did they call it? Ah, whatever, the Canadian tuxedo. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe it was the Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. Um, the guy from Kids in the Hall was trying to go out with um, oh, Elaine Dave Foley. No, uh, guy with the curly hair. Oh, he has, he has kind I don't of the high pitch voice. The, yeah. yeah, me neither. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, back to pro wrestling. We need to have a pop culture show. I, I'm dying to talk about. I I hate to say this at our pro wrestling program, but oh my god, I want to talk about some other TV shows. <laughs> and. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I really like that last episode. I, I'm I'm disappointed in America for giving that such low ratings. I, I've never fallen in love more with a superhero than uh, it was a rough Falcon. pilot. It was Falcon. a rough pilot, but it really got it. It really rose like a falcon at the end. Oh yeah, it took off. That's what you should have said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anywho, um, yeah. So you don't want to talk about that. Apparently, uh, Kenny Omega, Mike, is the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, takes down Rich Swan. Mike, he has uh, titles in AAA, Impact, and AEW. Cu couple of thoughts. First of all, Mike, before yeah. we get into this changing pro wrestling, I thought this was a, a, 
a, a neat little, I guess, present to unwrap here for, uh, for what this does truly mean for all of pro wrestling, because AEW's Twitter account, or I shouldn't just say their Twitter account, even on dynamite, uh, this didn't get a lot of attention. So I, I don't know what, you know, I think that that idea actually changes what's going on here. Um, and, and it changes like, uh, the perspective because this is something that happened on impact. It didn't happen on AEW and AEW still talked about, you know, in the last episode of dynamite before this happened, uh, Hangman Page getting his shot against Kenny Omega and the fact that he was a number one contender and very little uh, of the conversation came back to uh, Kenny Omega becoming the Impact Heavyweight Champion. I mean, I mean, it, it was something that before it was booked, before we saw the, the results, um, it was almost like AEW was, was still trying to make sure that you were focused on the AEW brand instead of trying to help elevate who their top superstar is, Kenny Omega. Does that, so then the next question would be, what is going on with all of these relationships? I, I think what we can pull from that, unless it all changes, is that this really is focused on the pro wrestlers being able to build their own brand rather than this helping AEW or uh, Impact I would say the most. I think this helped Kenny Omega's brand more than anybody. And I yeah. tweeted out the night that that happened because uh, our friend of the show, Mr. Warren Hayes, tweeted, I can't believe how many people are upset about this result. And I said, well, this is the ideal. This is where the pro wrestler stands above his brand. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I threw that in there first to kind of – I threw that first question in there to kind of like mix it up a little bit. Are we just going to sit here and say this is good for pro wrestling? Because it is. It's fantastic for pro wrestling. So really, maybe that I just threw in that question more or less as evidence as to my point that this is better for pro wrestling than it is for the brands. And that's good. And that's a good thing because the pro wrestlers are the ones that put their necks on the line. Uh, so that's what we should ultimately be looking for. I think think for the benefit of the wrestlers this is the best way to go um definitely by the more titles i keep giving kenny omega that definitely lets me know that at some point tony khan and all these other guys who run these other companies are in a room discussing what it's going to be like to kind of trade off you know wrestlers and bringing in guys and sending out guys and building these bridges um and basically having like a whole community of wrestling promotions uh sharing talent um, because at some point Kenny Omega is, you know, going to have to defend all those titles. He's not just going to carry them. So I don't know if that means that you know we're going to start seeing all these guys from other promotions coming in to challenge him on AEW, you know, dynamites, or if it's going to end up being on pay per views, uh, cross promotional pay per views. Um, I, I, you know, that's the big change, right? Yeah. Um, scary for us because I don't know what that means for our wallets if we have to start investing in a whole bunch of other uh, companies' pay-per-views. So uh, hopefully they get a streaming network together and you know help us out a little bit budget-wise. But um, yeah, this this definitely feels um, you know it's not you put it all on a familiar name like Kenny, so then you can kind of start to get everybody else over when they start wrestling him. Because I definitely you know. <laughs> These guys have seen what it's like to work for WWE, where the company is always bigger than you. So even if you get cut, they would rather you have a non-compete clause and not build yourself up while you still have your WWE name recognition. Uh, they would rather pay you to do that than have you go work for AEW like the next week, because they would look at that as egg on their face. Um, and it's... Man... It's something that uh, was kind of interesting because I know the NBA is easily turning into that. The way these players have finally said, you know, we're, we're tired of, you know, just whatever being at the whims of some owner and some manager. We want to have some control and some stake in our lives. You know, we're putting our bodies on the line. You know, we're putting in just, you know, years and years of blood, sweat and tears and working out and missing family stuff to, you know, either play this sport or, you know, go on, you know, go in the ring and wrestle. Um, so yeah, I do want to play with my best friend. 
I don't care what it takes. You make it happen or I'm not playing. And for the wrestlers to kind of, you know, it feels like, you know, they're kind of going to be joining that empowerment era because that's where we're at in the NBA. Um, you know, for wrestlers to be in that empowerment era, to have control of their careers, to not feel like, you know, you, you can't go wrestle your buddy in Japan for a week. You know, we're going to, we're, you know, we have a very exciting John Moxley match uh, coming up in two weeks. Um, this, this, these are really exciting times. And, you know, this Kenny Omega piece, him adding another title is just another stepping stone, another building block to that point where we finally have this epicenter, this, this mesh of wrestling communities getting yeah. together and battling each other. Very exciting news. Yeah, and I, I think that, I, I hope that anybody that's listening, I, I think if you're an Impact fan, an AEW fan, um, a WWE fan, I think that's something that you and I, especially with the way we, we talk about pro wrestling and, and pick our, our talking points, I think we've made it pretty clear that we try not to stand behind any one of these brands, but um, the more that the more that they give them these, I mean, I guess take away the leash, right? And, and let them do whatever they want. Uh, th- I mean, those are the kind of brands that I will finally start to back. Um, but I still think, yeah, that's that's the long and short of it. I think if we were still, uh, let's 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 keep ourselves arm's length away from a brand. Like oh, always, with any brand, with any walk of life, with anything you're doing, anything you're purchasing, just no, you know, stay over there. Uh, but it's the other thing, like these performers, like uh, maybe I, I say Kenny Omega's building his brand, but he also, um, you know, almost dies in the ring. So maybe it's okay to back him and not back, you know, Tony Khan and Vince McMahon because they're millionaires and billionaires. So it's just stop, yeah. stop being fans of them. <laughs> uh, and i just i can't wait for that moxley and uh, nagata that's i i can't believe that's happening and i can't believe they're going to give it away for free in two weeks yeah uh, it, yeah it would, it would be interesting to see like what new japan is thrown up there um you know like from that perspective of aew not really pushing impact rebellion but uh you know they'll push their guy once he comes back as the the triple champion but uh is is New Japan going to say, make sure you tune in to AEW. See, yeah. see that title on the line. Um, just, uh, you know, just an interesting little tidbit there, I, I think. Because, um, I, again, I, I think just to put the cap around that, that's where this is. This move is pushing us, again, to what I call the the ideal uh, in pro wrestling. Because uh, yeah. so we get you get closer to the territories and stuff, right? Like, then you've got your favorite guy, going to whatever he wants to do. What works with his life right now? It's uh, it's a pretty nice world for those guys, if, if that was the case. All right. Um, Mike. Should we jump into it? Oh man, is it our? Is it time for the the Tuesday Wednesday friendship festivities? Yeah. Now that the war is over. Oh, oh man. Gosh, what did I call it? I called it like the friendship. Um, because it was I tried to steal from uh, Chris Jericho, right? Wasn't that the friendship? Oh, festival of friendship. Yeah, festival yeah. of friendship. So right, the, I think I called it the midweek festival of friendship. Is our is our segment. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk AEW and NXT, and we're gonna pick our top three moments. Mike, I had so much time uh, because we had a babysitter this week in the house. Uh, I oh, actually wow. have a dishonorable mention. I have everything labeled. I wow. have highlighted. Look at this guy. Yeah, look at look at those numbers there. I <laughs> can't miss a thing. All right, um, but with that, Mike, I'm I'm happy to go first here because I, I I like the here, show. Baby. I think AEW uh, probably had the better of, uh, of the two shows. I was so. Uh, uh, I was captivated. So I, yeah. So bad moment number three for next extra time wrestling. What do you got number, for it? Number three for me, Mike. I've got the Grizzled Young Vets meeting Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Um, Before yeah. you get into it, can we hear just one Zach Gibson impression? It doesn't have to, it has to be under 10 seconds. 
Here we go. May, I like how you step, set these. Might have to step away from the microphone for this one. Here we you go. You set these up so that I don't even want to yell in the house. My baby girl's trying to sleep. Uh, God damn it. It's worth it, man. Wake her up. I can't even. I can't even hear it right now. This isn't. <laughs> Just give us an um, and, and soon. I can't. I. I, I can't. I can't. I'm not feeling it right now. I. You go for it, Mike. This is go a really good it. man. This is a really good James Drake impression. I'm really, I'm not. You know, you do it, Zach. You do it so good. You do it. You know, the man with the James Drake impression. Don't, don't feel embarrassed. I liked it. I felt like I was in NXT. That was really God cool. damn it! Are you going soon you go. to be? And it, don't look down in shame, man. Hang your head. You're the James Drake. It's we okay. just said hang. My, don't look down. Hang your head. Don't hang man page your head, man. Look up. Look up and Brian Cage um, yourself. Here you go. All right. Well, I'm excited to. <laughs> now that I have. Well, we gotta get some ribs out there, man. I've got no ribs. ego. It's almost time <laughs> for the weekend ribs. Woo. Um. Yeah. So that was a fun segment. I liked it. Your turn, Mike. <laughs> no, Matt. What was your favorite part of the segment? What stood out for you? Come on. Uh. Look, this is something where you could see Timothy Thatcher was excited to to have this promo. He was excited to get out there and go face to face with the grizzled young vets. And Champa was too, but Thatcher has that goofy smile on his face. He could not have been more excited to play the if you hate Zach Gibson shoes off. Um I and I don't understand why so many people were uh I guess not not vocally, verbally, because uh, they were tapping away at their keyboard, but why they were so upset that Thatcher would bring something up that happens in the UK. I think it's a brilliant chant. It's so goofy and off the wall, and it fits that tag team. Like, they try to be so serious, and the anti-Grizzled Young Vets chant is, if you hate Gibson, shoes off. And it's just, it's, what? <laughs> and they're, you know, and he gets furious about it. He jumps over the ropes and yells at the fans to shut up and put their shoes on. And Thatcher's trying to bring it back. I, I'm all for it. And I think I said last week, like this, that was one of my honorable mentions, not a dishonorable mention, because I, these are four of my favorite guys in pro wrestling right now. So I get I get to see the ball work together. And I always say, like, when I pick my top threes, I'm going to be a little selfish here. Uh, but, yeah, this this is something that these guys are already hitting all the, you know, it's like the best ofs. Uh, with what their promo work's going to be going forward. And this is going to be great for the grizzled young vets who don't just need to skate right into, I guess, the championship run because they, they can do this and have an amazing time. And for anybody that's doubted their ability to carry this division, they'll they'll take away those doubts. Mike, number three for AEW. I, uh, it's, I talked about it with Warren yesterday. And... Uh, it was people losing their minds over Hangman Page uh, taking a three-second tan for Brian Cage's benefit. People are out of their minds. If Mike, they can you hit us? Can you, can, hot tag, Mike. Can you hit us with uh, a Brian Cage impression real quick? Just uh, 10 seconds. You got... Uh, this is a podcast. It's you more of a visual. It. It's a visual. I was flexing really hard, and a vein popped in my neck. Um <laughs> but uh yeah it feels like brian cage has has wow maybe he's won a match since i've been watching aew and it's not that i think he's a loser i just don't think i, I can't picture him in a solo one-on-one -on -one match of any merit i've seen him squash a few guys those don't really count but he actually got to defeat the hangman and the way aew just keeps plugging away at this you gotta climb you gotta climb the charts you got to be a chart topper if you want to get that uh, title match. And Hangman was up there, and they let Brian Cage, you know, knock him off that pedestal. And um, I thought it was a really good move. Uh, you know, we can punt on the Hangman getting his big opportunity. Uh, you know, get Brian in there. You know, see if he's gonna, you know, tussle with uh, our boy Dobby Allen. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's it was a great match. Uh, you know, to borrow Stone Cold. Uh, his 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 uh, description of wrestling. It was good and it was nice. Um, you know the boys the boys did a good job in it, <laughs> but it's madness. There's so much value in getting Brian Cage over as you know like uh, a monster on this roster because for some reason we've gotten got, kind of gotten away from you know having 
a giant beast um, on the in the men's division. You know, they've they've done a good job of building up Nyla Rose for the women. Uh, Sheeta is a monster. Like she, you know, rarely ever looks weak. Uh, but the men, you know, we, we kind of let that uh, fall to the wayside. You can count. I guess you could count Omega, but that's more of like a like a transcendent championship monster rather than you know a, a you know unbeatable, pristine, you know, pristinely booked uh, winning god for the men's division. So. I'm pumped to see Brian get a win. I, I'm I don't think Hangman was done a disservice, and I, I don't. I, he's Teflon. Uh, he's his his his. He's not going anywhere, Matt. Matt. Moment number two for next extra time wrestling. That this could have easily been number one. I think my number one and number two are they they could either one could take it. Uh, but the the winner. Sorry, this is my number two, not the winner. Jesus. Um. It, <laughs> It got to the spot for a completely different reason than number one is is number one. Uh, but it's because of the aftermath, and uh, maybe I should say what it is. Uh, Mercedes Martinez picking up the DQ, DQ win over Dakota Kai. So she gets the DQ win because Raquel looks like she's going back heel. And uh, it, it's I, – I'm happy with it. I, I think uh, I think that's where Raquel's in her element. I think at the time they kind of made her – they gave her like the short stint as a face because we were all kind of rooting for her just from this perspective of this is a great time for her to win. And man, did she look happy to hold that title? And she, God damn is, is so happy to be in this position. Uh, but this is, this was a way to, to spin this back into Raquel's a badass, And that's what helps sell her character. She is a badass because Mike, she does. She, I don't want to say she's green in the ring, but there's some clumsiness there. So it, it always seems to find its way mixed in there. Uh, and it gets a little distracting in her matches. So she needs to stay with the tough persona where uh, it fits for her to have just a powerful finish. So then that happens. She gets the win and we all believe it. Also, to go along with her turning heel again, this gives us the best chance, Mike, to have Dakota Kai finally win the NXT Women's Championship with a face chase which I could not be more excited about. And I think the boring thing would have been Dakota's just kicking another partner's head off. And uh, Mike, then I, I brought this up on Twitter, also brought up to me after I said that. How about Tegan Knox comes back as a heel and feuds with Dakota Kai after that? I Like, honestly, the dominoes falling that way, it would be too great. And we're, we're getting into the realm of ultra super duper fantasy booking going two two feuds deep two three feuds deep uh so you know i will i will temper my excitement but um ultimately because of all of that great storytelling and what it can mean for the future that's why it's getting high marks uh so mike your number two segment of the week this is another where uh, we kind of had to fan ourselves on twitter because we were like oh 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 it's gonna happen oh i can't wait to see it um <laughs> Eddie Kingston and John Moxley finally got one over on Kenny Omega, um, and we're gonna see Eddie and Mox in a real tag team match. Where I'm pretty sure, like ninety, okay, like seventy percent sure, there's gonna be an outcome. Uh, and the last time we got that, we got just, we got just a just a sampling, you know, just a little, just a tease um, before, you know, it was just a schmaz and Eddie got, you know, kayfabe injured, and you know they tried to write him off TV. So this, you know idea of two of our favorite wrestlers, you know, becoming a tag team. My God, maybe they'll start challenging for the tag team titles and it'll be the most electrifying tag team division in the history of professional wrestling with Eddie and box, uh, doing whiskeys and cut promos, you know, on a couch in the back area. Um, I, I just want, I just want them together. I love their friendship. Um, I know that unfortunately I had to start because of the sparkler event. But my God, maybe that was the best thing that ever happened to us because we're going to get Kingston and Mox in a tag match against that darn Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for next week, but much like my, my buddies on, on the tweets, on the Facebooks, we can't wait to see if this pays off and we get an extended run of Mox and Eddie being a tag team. Matt, are you ready? For the dishonorable mention. <laughs> Did you forget? 
No, uh, I was bracing myself. What do you got? Okay. Uh, the dishonorable mention, I'm going to go with um, Ember Moon, uh, Shatsy, going up against oh, no. Leah and Jesse. Ends with uh, um, Indy and Candace coming in for the interference. And then just, a, you know, kind of a, a waste of something that I, I always like to see Ember Moon and Shotzi matches. I think they're always fun. Uh, yeah. but we're, I mean, ultimately we're continuing the feud, but it does look like we're going to get a triple threat uh, tag NXT women's tag title match, because uh, there's no way with the way that Aaliyah and Jesse celebrated at the end of their, um, not even really a DQ finish. It was just that Indian Candace took out Ember Moon and Shotzi. And it just, they, they celebrated as if it was a DQ win, but it, it wasn't in any way, shape, or form. They just, it's just that Ember and Shotzi were down, so they held the titles in the air. I, I like, it, it was fine, um, but I got to pick something. So there, there's my dishonorable mention. Um, Mike, number one, it's, it's always hard for me to <laughs> wiggle my way through that since NXT is so good. Uh, Legato Del Fantasma defeats MS Kushida by pinfall. Mike, if if there's was that, any... was that me trying to pronounce a hockey player? What happened over there, man? It's MSK and Kushida. oh, I see, Miss Miss Kushida, Miss yeah. Kushida, guy. There you go. Doesn't roll off the tongue like RK Bro, which yeah. uh, another I, tag I... team I'm really excited about. If you're supposed to say MSK Ushida, that, that doesn't work. Uh, but no, it was, it was cute. Um, Any Uzzles, fantastic match. But ultimately, this goes back to everything we've been saying the last few weeks about Legado de Fantasma and uh, Santos Escobar. That guy is a super duper, duper, duper star. And uh, the way they let them shine and get the victory. And I, I mean... They don't, they do it with such style and their luchador technique has more, like as much grace as, as Ray Phoenix, to be completely honest. And, um, you know, at some point we're going to start realizing that, you know, as, as soon as people can separate themselves from the brands and we can stop like just discounting a team like, um, like Legato de Fantasma because they're in NXT or WWE, those guys have so much freaking talent. And Santos Escobar is so good at selling everything he wants to do at like, like taking, taking this, the, the whole brand over. And the fact that they're bringing this all to the NXT cruiserweight title is nuts. I mean, this is, this is as good as, as when Pac was holding the, the cruiserweight title. Like, I think that was the last time it was super relevant. You did have the buddy Murphy stint, but even then, like, then he started fighting Tozawa, and we were just kind of like, oh, that's happening tonight? Oh, okay. Santos Escobar is putting the Cruiserweight title in the main event scene, and Kushida is a fantastic wrestler. But make no mistake, this is Legato de Fantasma and Santos Escobar. This is their segment. This Every time they're on the show, it's just elite-level wrestling, and like I said, Santos Escobar is, is destined to... He's destined to run this company, and I, I hope um, I hope fans give him a shot because I know I know the pro wrestling fan is not keen to um, anybody who isn't American. So let's hope that they give let's hope that they give Santos a shot because he he's making the cruiserweight title one of the most relevant titles on NXT television. So uh, that's that takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of skill. Takes good good in in ring talent and takes a lot of good mic work and he's got all of it. Um, so yeah, he'll just continue holding the torch. I, I might just continue putting whatever segment he's in as number one because he's doing such a great job. Mike, dishonorable mention for ow. Ooh, for ew. Um, I man, it was uh, no contest on this week's uh, dishonorable mention. Definitely dishonorable. It was the Nightmare Factory. Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and Billy Gunn, my God, versus the Factory, QT Marshall, which that name still pops me every time, uh, Aaron Salo, and Nick uh, Camarado, who, you know, he's coming for Cesaro. All right, Cesaro had the chest hair market cornered, and Camatoro says, not today. Man, that, that, let that fur fly. Um, I, I just, I don't know who this match was for. There's, there's too many guys 50 and above in it. 
Um, you know, there's there's a lot of youth on that roster that we we give it TV time and feuds too. So I didn't need a lot from this one. Uh, moment number one though, it was uh, no contest. Matt, they've had uh, Emmy, I think Emmy worthy performances, you know, in abundance uh, over the past you know six months as they've briefly feuded, joined forces, broken up, and now have declared war on each other. Matt, it's Chris Jericho to MJF. They were at the peak of their powers this week. There's so many different ways to cut a cut a promo. MJF is a wizard on that microphone. <laughs> he he could do so many, you know, like low hanging fruit um like themes or theses with Chris Jericho, you know, being <laughs> old. But instead, he doubled down on I thought you said he, feces. Sorry. Yeah. Low hanging feces. I hate when it's you know Dingleberry coming out. Um, but yeah, MJF, you know, he could have just called Jericho old, but that's not what he was, that's not what he was doing. He didn't take the low hanging fruit, man. He, he said, heavy is the crown. And he said, Chris, you got eyeballs into this company. You helped build this company and get people to watch it. And all that pressure of being the guy, you know, the guy, you know, the attraction for this show. I can see it's wearing on you. I can see the pressure. You, you, your eyes are red and bloodshot. You look like you don't get any sleep because you're worrying about taking care of this company. And if you fail, it fails. But don't worry, Chris. I'm here for you. I'm going to be the one to take that spot. I'm going to do it. We don't need you anymore. And just that like power declaration is such a unique take on everything that they're doing. For these two guys, um, you know, Sammy Guevara had a great spot. Uh, you know, he's they're gonna they're gonna do some wild, you know, uh, uh, like war game style cage match. It looks like you know they haven't officially explained. I think what war game what the uh, blood and guts contest is gonna look like between Pinnacle and uh, Inner Circle. But um, Sammy, easily the smallest guy of the ten, has volunteered to go in first because he wants to destroy everybody. Jericho out there saying, we're not going to give up. You're going to have to kill us. And then he gets in MJF's face and says, you're going to have to kill us. I, <laughs> I watched that when you yeah. shared it, and it looked to me like a like a botch. And I had to go back and watch the whole thing, like stretch out on either side so I could get the yeah. whole context. Because I, I thought at first that's what you were sharing, was that Jericho said the same thing. Oh no no! I, I thought he was doing it for emphasis. I, he did no, he was. I think I'm, I I fudged it up, but I I mean I I didn't fudge it up. I just misinterpreted what was going on. I'm su I'm such a mark for that show. Um, I, I I was blown away. I I can't wait. I and I'm stunned that that kind of promo work went into an event that's going to be for free on TNT that I don't have to shell out sixty dollars. Because for that promo, I would have shelled out the sixty dollars. That's how excited I am for this payoff match. It's 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 going to be I, fantastic. I'm happy that this is still happening after NXT changed nights. Like AEW didn't say, "Well, we can save all this stuff for our next pay per view." Like, how huge is that? That that decision was made for the pro wrestling fan. Uh, I I think that's something that I hope people don't forget while they're watching it. Like, hey, we all get to watch this at the same time now. Uh, it wasn't something where they said, we're only doing these cool matches because we're trying to get more people to watch us instead of them. Yeah. Um, they just got to figure out a way to get Joe Biden on the show so that uh, they can stay above a million. I'm just kidding. Because they, it's, it's still, it was a dumb topic again today on Twitter that they missed the million dollar, or the million dollar, the million viewers because of Joe Biden's speech. It's like, yeah, nope. No fucking shit. What? How is that a point of to even bring up? Like people are saying the the streak is over. It's like that's not how this works. They're not sitting there looking at streaks. They're gonna see that little dip and they're gonna go, oh yeah, well all of America was watching this. It's just oh god, you gotta stop with the ratings bullshit. Yeah, sometimes just turn off Twitter. I think <laughs> if I, that was the debate today. Man, I, I would so just close. turn it off for a few minutes. Yeah. I wish that there was some way. Like, is there a way we can just like hope people watch our YouTube channel and not have to tweet it out? Yeah. Let's just get on TikTok. We'll just do TikTok and YouTube. <laughs> Please. 
watch our podcast. <laughs> All right. Are we already going to sail off into the sunset? Yeah, I think that's going to be our ad for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Dance routine? Please watch our podcast. Oh, you know what? You guys can't see my hips or my legs. I that's it just looks like I'm shaking up here. Yeah, you just look like uh, you know Kenny Loggins is playing in the background, and you know, <laughs> I look like the little Caddyshack groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I gotta pull that gift for our Ed. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, again, uh, oh, you know what? Maybe I could pull this up, but uh, head on over. To uh, BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. You can find us at BODpodcast on Twitter. And uh, like I mentioned before, if you go to BODpodcast.com and head to the shop button, you can be a proud owner of one of these cool looking t shirts. Look at that yeah. sweet graphic. Let's pull one up. Less talking, more hot tags. Look at that. Matt made that graphic. Yeah, Probably man, awesome. Like, I, I should put a butt crack right there. That's what I should have done. That would have been funny. Um, yeah, check out Little those time. t-shirts. Look at all these different colors you could put them in. Look at that. That's pretty. There's black. Ooh. That's my favorite. You got your blues. <laughs> all right, now it's bad podcasting. But go check that out. It's the shop button on bodpodcast.com. You can find all of our cool stuff to help support the show and uh, help us keep growing here. Um all right, yeah. Let's uh, let's sail off into the sunset. We almost broke an hour. Oh well. Yep. Toodaloo, everybody. <laughs>